0: I'm going to set the picture a little bit. It feels a little weird without Will in here. He has his energy. kind of keeps this light moving. Also, the overhead light's off, which kind of sets the mood. No? You can turn it no, no, on. No, no, you no. like the mood? I'm chill. I kind of...
1: We're I, dealing I, with the lamp setting. We've got yeah. three lamps on instead.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a very... It's to, very
1: the, to the dull set tones of the Illinois fight song. That's right. Hey, college football fans. This is Scott Duvall. And welcome to episode four of Waiting Since Last Saturday, a Georgia football podcast originating out of beautiful Athens, Georgia. Today on the podcast, we are one man down. Our Big Ten correspondent, Will Leach, is on assignment in Arizona, but he did call in long enough to bring us his 60 seconds of Illinois football. I've heard the report he filed, and it's a good one this week, about one particular obsessive Illinois football fan. I didn't know there was such a thing. (laughs) So this week, Tony and I will try to hold down the fort, and this show, as we anxiously wait for Will's return from the desert. In a minute, listen out for Tony's now hotly anticipated UGA news and notes. We'll also hear what's going to be cooking on Tony's legendary tailgates during this year's football season. And later in the show, he'll give us his opinion on one of the most ridiculous looking uniforms that an ACC school will be trotting out this year. And trust me when I say this, it's real bad. Real bad. This podcast can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. Should you choose to listen to us via iTunes, while you're there, if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show, that'd be awesome. It takes less than five minutes, and maybe we'll give you a shout-out on a future episode. Oh, if you're ever so inclined to send us a tweet, you can do so by searching for at WSLS Podcast on Twitter. And without further delay, here's episode four. Got rid of our metal shipping container for this week. We've kind of pared it down to more of a you know, cozy room.
0: Which is nice, considering uh, there's just two of us. Will's uh, yeah. off in Arizona with his dad watching the Cardinals play. Um, uh, not the Arizona Cardinals, of course, the St. Louis Cardinals. He's a fan of both Cardinals.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is, because the yeah. Cardinals used to be...
0: In St. Louis, yeah, with the Neil Lomax days. Of course, oh, yeah. they were there a long time before then. That's right. Either way, he and his father take a trip every year. Uh, to see the Cardinals play uh, somewhere on the road. He, of course, goes to St. Louis multiple times a year to watch the Cardinals play. I guess it's kind of almost like a pilgrimage for him, I guess, is the best way to put it. But either way, he's not with us, but it's uh, Scott and I today. Yeah, it's
1: just us. What we're first going to do is we're just going to get caught up on some Georgia news. Five days goes by since this podcast launched, or the episode three. And we've had a lot of stuff happen, so um, I was going to let Tony expand a little bit on the quarterback race, which has kind of changed a little bit in the past couple of days.
0: Well, we don't know that officially, but it looks like it's been min- windowed down a little bit, uh, to Bryce Ramsey and Grayson Lambert. Um, you know, uh, the, you can read a lot of things into what's going on, but the, the rumors are now that Bryce and Lambert are the ones working with the ones and two, and they're kind of rotating now, which is a little more traditional when you see that when it's a two, two man quarterback race for all we know, um, uh, They've got Fatoma Balta working with the ones in a hidden shipping container, the one we used last <laughs> week. Uh, so, you know, I think the I think the important thing to recognize is that the the real status of the quarterback race hasn't changed. Uh, Georgia has not named a starter. For my money, I don't expect us to until at the minimum after Louisiana Monroe, and still wouldn't surprise surprise me to see us go to Nashville uh, with two quarterbacks seeing. some to playing time. That's just my view. I don't have any inside information. You need
1: three quarterbacks.
0: Well, I think that's right. I think, I think the, the harder part is, okay, you've got to start when you start installing a game plan, you have to be able to figure out what, how your game plan works best for, one or two quarterbacks uh, especially when you have two quarterbacks a lot alike and one quarterback who is uh, a fair amount different with their skill with a skill set and which of course we're talking about bryce ramsey and grayson lambert being a lot more like and then fatale balta being um you know having a little different skill set of course the other big news is uh justin scott wesley um i don't know if you saw scott his tweets um were a little cryptic but it looks like he's probably going to to hang up uh hang up his football uh playing days and focus on coaching again, no inside information. That's a lot of tea leave reading, but, um, well,
1: he, he put a hashtag coach me coach. Yeah, in One of his tweets. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's, I think that was kind of the thing that everybody saw that made him think that, and you know, whatever he decides to do, uh, he has been, uh, he spent a damn good dog. And yep. I think, I think everything, uh, all of us would want the best for him, whether that is as a player or as a coach. I mean, we've had some pretty decent guys go out and be coaches, uh, you know Thomas Brown, uh, for example. Exactly. For example. Exactly. Uh, so, you know the thing. I think the sad thing for a lot of us is we were really excited about getting to see him play his senior year. Uh, and he's not he's, eligible
1: he, for a medical. He is a
0: senior, right? I think he's a senior, and I think he's he's used a medical redshirt already. I believe. Uh, I have to look that up. Hold on. I I let's go to the book.
1: I do think I read something. and I was just wondering if you could clarify it, but he is a fifth year senior. He had played too many games in order to qualify. For that six year of eligibility from when his injury occurred
0: he redshirt 11 so he, he has used a redshirt year i don't want to say because right. i'm not well versed on the rules yeah, they change. Uh, yeah i'm not by no means a compl- compliance specialist you know the other the upside is is nearly everyone else that had been out uh and bellamy actually pruitt gave him some props uh he's back and practicing with one's all those, uh, some of those linemen that had been out are back with the, out there practicing without the greens on. Uh, McKenzie's back out there and actually running well, in the rotation. Good. So, um, you know, from an injury perspective, when you look around the SEC, particularly SEC East, particularly Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, they've, they've been hit particularly hard with the injury bug. Georgia, at this point, knock on um, Ikea veneer, I guess. Um uh, You can, you, you know, we've been fortunate that that we've only had one major injury to somebody that we thought was going to be a contributor.
1: Just as like a postscript for Justin Scott Wesley, I still remember that call that Scott Howard made when he basically won the game, what against South Carolina two years ago. It was uh, down, it was day. down the visitor sideline going yep. into the the, yep. the enclosed part of the. Stadium. That's right.
0: That's right. That's when. That's where the two state patrolmen fist bumped right in front <laughs> of Spurrier. So uh, that's right. I do remember that. I said your heart, your heart goes out for him. He is a He's a great guy by all accounts of people I've talked to that know him. He's been a, he's been a dog through and through, and we wish him the best and wherever he does and goes out and wish him all success and love.
1: What about a little bit of update on defense? It looked like Jeremy Pruitt had spoken to the media and kind of gave it right back to him as they were asking him questions.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I thought that his comments, he came close to making some praising comments about the defense, kind of feel, feeling like he was above – uh, he, that we're in front of where we were last year, but then they start asking about, you know, are you trying to temper our expectations? Like, hey, y'all are asking the questions. Right. I, I'm just answering them. We got, you know, we lost all these all, all these defensive tackles. We lost two all SEC guys behind them. You know, we lost a, another guy got drafted that played a lot of good football for mm-hmm. us. And this is kind of what we have to do. I think the direct quote: "Is uh, it's hard to replace guys like that? It happens everywhere. It's nothing to do. We've just got to do it." Uh, which is Jeremy Pruitt's speak for really like. Get out of my face! <laughs> I, you know he is not, and he's not known uh, for one. He's not known for missing words, uh, and, which which I love about him. Yes. Uh, so if he gives you a quote, it's going to be some sort of meaty, self depreciating. Right. Like the, did, o- the offense scored thirty five. We're supposed to win. That's he, the kind of quote. What you he get did
1: against South Carolina, he he owned it last yeah, year. Yeah, I think that's right. So. We've gotten the Georgia talk taken care of. Is that pretty much it? I mean, what we're down to? A, what eleven days? Is 11 that correct? Isn't that what uh, your kid, what your yeah, daughter yeah, said?
0: My, my kids, my kids were excited this morning because they're all like eleven days to kick off, Eleven days to kickoff, which which I take to be a very proud parenting moment. Well, I think I think
1: that leads us into a good segue. Yeah, you know, with eleven days till kickoff, you're already preparing for our Louisiana Monroe game that start kicks off at twelve o'clock on September fifth.
0: Yeah, the hard part about noon kickoffs, you just really gotta you you can't waste any tailgate time. I mean that is really. What time do you, do you
1: get out? Do you break the rules or do you? I'll do you be there. I'll be there seven. I'll
0: be there at seven. Let me be clear. I'll be walking at six fifty nine. I'll be walking with a table and some chairs to my spot. Okay. Look, I'm too old to camp out for a spot. <laughs> I just am. Yeah. Um. You know, I. It's not. I, I love it. it. Is almost that important to me, but I'm just too old to have to do it. Right. So the seven o'clock is a perfect time because you know I don't have to run someone off a spot we've been at for now our sixteenth tail tailgating season. So and you're not gonna say where it is, are you? No. No, but suffice to it say, it's somewhere, uh, it's, it's actually very close to where the, the red coats warm up. Because if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen me tweet pictures of the red coats or whatever. So it's not impossible to figure out where I am, but it's a public space and, and we try to be very careful with it.
1: Yeah, you could do some kind of amazing race or some uh, scavenger hunt of people to find you for one of these <laughs> tailgates coming up. Yeah. So since you've been doing it for so long, explain to me what your family tailgate traditions
0: are. Well, the I think the the first and most important tailgate tradition for our family for our tailgate group is we always try to make sure we're set up and ready to roll uh, as, as early as possible. There's a there's a core group of us that usually go and and get set up. Um, usually, it's me and one of my children and a couple other people.
1: The older they get, the more helpful they are.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, so that's actually true. Uh, so we have a little tradition. We get set up, and then we walk over to the George Center and grab breakfast, uh, and then come back and get the TV set up. Uh, usually, you know, usually for the for the the, the first cocktail or, or whatever it is we're going to do while we're setting up the TV. For Louisiana Monroe, we're not doing a TV. The noon kickoff's just no need. Um, I don't need I don't need Jesse Palmer, whoever it is. SEC Network will have on uh, telling me how awful David something Pollock. is. great right? Yeah, name, he's Pollock. On the, he's on
1: the main show. He's on the
0: main show. But for the big game, South Carolina, Alabama, you have to think almost automatic a 3.30 kickoff. Missouri is probably, I think... In, you had that on your blog
1: a yeah. couple days ago. I read yeah, that. That was, yeah. that was interesting. You yeah. kind of predicted what the game yeah, times Yeah,
0: that's, that's something. So like, go ahead
1: and get into that because I know we got Louisiana Monroe at 12 and you had a couple of uh, interesting comments that I read about the Southern game and the Georgia Southern game that it might not be that 12 noon start that you're thinking of.
0: Well, yeah, the SEC network, has, that that has changed the math because those games almost automatically were noon or 1 o'clock kickoffs. Um, Southern was all virtually guaranteed to be a pay-per-view 1 o'clock, you know, WSB or whatever kickoff. That's not the case anymore. ESPN network actually owns the rights to all those, those what they call the third-tier game. You know, we could be noon. We it's possible we get put slotted in at like a three thirty or four o'clock, or it's possible we get put at night. The hard part about it is LSU is kind of as a trade-off to get them to stop griping about having to play Florida every year. The handshake agreement was uh, that there'd be more night games if this SEC network had it. So, you know, that's that's all well and good, but you have to look at how the schedule falls out. That is Cupcake Weekend. This uh, is that Southern? No, Southern's not. Georgia Southern is, Cup- is Cupcake Weekend, and actually, that's one of the more compelling games that weekend. They right. they certainly are going to be one of the top two or three teams in the Sun Belt. So you have what? Who, at least all the three of us believe uh, Georgia is going to be at that point have the East sewn up. Uh, against the Sun Belt, probably, possible champion. The SEC network, if they have that game, could put it somewhere very interesting.
1: Could you imagine a night game? Georgia, Georgia, Georgia Georgia, Southern. yeah. That'd yeah. be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no, I'd be okay with that. But you know, getting back to the to the traditions, you know, we always try to set up tents. You know, for losing Monroe, we won't even bring It'll be almost like a road tailgate because yeah. you know we're getting there at seven. We'll break down at eleven. I think all of us will want to get into the stadium fairly early for the first game. So for the big tailgates, you know we we do you know we do the typical four tents, TV, fifty chairs, playing on fifty people. Labor Day, the day after uh, Louisiana Monroe, I'll cook forty pounds of chicken for the South Carolina game. Uh, I hate cooking it so early, but I don't, really don't have a choice. I don't have time to smoke that much chicken. I, I always tell people, I, you know, I you don't get a body like this without being able to cook a little bit. Uh, you got to work at this. You know, I take a, a great deal of pride. We put on a pretty nice meal for people. You know, we usually have at least one big protein and maybe another smaller protein. A couple pans of mac and cheese, a couple pans of, you know, butter beans, black-eyed peas, uh, cornbread. And, of course, we and then we always have a separate table that's the... Uh, you know the snack table, the the what people bring to snack on. The challenge with South Carolina is almost a three meal game of the sixth with the late kickoff, with six uh, six thirty kickoff. Probably what we'll do is
1: maybe brunch and then early dinner. We,
0: we will probably have a brunch uh, eleven o'clock something, and then try to do you know the main meal at three or three thirty. That
1: works out because then after the game, everybody wants their late night.
0: Yep, that's right, that's right. We that way so you we still
1: get your three square meals. Three a day, square meals a, day, is just a little day. later. Yeah.
0: That way we also can eat and then break down uh, and be in the stadium plenty of time for that game, too.
1: So what time – I mean, I know I've I've been tailgating for many years, too. Nothing like the way you're describing. But it takes some time to break down. So what time – Like, okay, so it's a noon kickoff. In order for you to get there to see all the pregame festivities – what time do you have to start breaking down?
0: Well, for a noon game, we, we can start breaking down a few minutes before 11. Because really, you'll have a couple of tables, a few chairs, and a couple of coolers. So South Carolina
1: will take longer. Yeah,
0: South Carolina yeah. is a 30-minute at least um, – 30 minutes at least, and you know basically what we do is we we have four of us that are in charge of breaking down. I break down the satellite TV and everything. My tailgate husband is responsible for for getting <laughs> together everybody to break down, you know, get the tents put away and and mustering people to get their chairs. So basically, what we do is ask everybody sit in a chair to stand up, put their chair in a bag, and pile their chairs up. Right, uh, and then you know we'll have somebody else, usually my wife or someone else, uh, like draining the coolers uh, and that sort of thing, and putting food away, uh, and then. The last thing is we wipe all the tables down and put the tables away. And then I go to the trailer and make sure it gets loaded in in a way that it's not people just piling crap in our trailer. <laughs> yeah, you know, Like I said, it takes about 30 minutes. But, you know, usually usually we have everybody. people. It's not people are unwilling to help. It's that people don't really know what to do. Uh, and we have found that the more we put into saying, hey, we need your help, the more likely they are help.
1: Yeah, I tend to wander off when it comes time to break yeah, down. Yeah. You know, I'm one of those guys that just like, hey, I got to go yeah. run over here.
0: <laughs> well, for the 6.30 kickoff, we'll break down at 5.00. Six. Uh, six, six o'clock kickoff. Six o'clock. Well, then we'll break down four thirty. Yeah. So, now well, what do y'all do? <laughs> you don't want to know
1: that. <laughs> we used to tailgate the Sigma Chi house uh-huh. um, that used to be on Lumpkin, and now it's like a brand new building. Uh-huh. You know, they they bought it out from under us, and now Sigma <laughs> Chi is downtown. Um, and then after that, we moved to the Hull Street deck. Yeah, right on the front corner. We did that for about three, four years. It was sweet. And then what did they do? Expansion. They changed Hull Street around. They kind of blocked all that off. And so then we had a year of being nomads. Yeah. where we went downtown. That was a hell of a time. Yeah, you know we, we bar tailgated. Yeah, we've
0: tablegated for uh, the later games. Those those source tech games are twelve thirty kickoffs. We've tablegated for those, mm-hmm. um, especially you know right after Thanksgiving. Uh, especially if it's gonna be a cool cool right. morning, cold morning. Oh, we'll yeah. Them, yeah. yeah, uh
1: go to the Mayflower for breakfast yeah. and then yeah. Yeah.
0: walk over to Walker's or wherever.
1: Yeah, we do all good on the deck yeah. upstairs. Yeah,
0: yeah and then and then the past couple
1: of years, right near the railroad tax, nice <laughs> place, but you know, it's just, I think we're just disappointed over the fact that it's not what it used to be. Yeah. But, you know, hey, we've all got young kids. Yeah. And it's kind of sp- sporadic. And what Jennifer and I have done lately, or the past couple of years, is dial up on our phones like, hey, where are you at? Where yeah. are y'all at? And stop by. Yeah. You're so uh,
0: your social tailgating.
1: Well, yeah. we Yeah. Jennifer loves the social tailgating. And um, so that's been, it's been pretty good for us. And plus, a lot of times, my boys made eight games last year. Wow. So they're with me. Yeah. So there's no yeah. more. You know, I might have one or two drinks during yeah. the day, but yeah. I mean, it's it's all it's all about you know taking them around, and and luckily I've raised them to where they've been going to football games since they were in their infancy, and so they're used to it. Yeah. You know, and so that and they're asking good questions, and they're interested, and they're not saying, "Hey, let's go get the dipping Dots again," although you know that only happens once a game instead of like three uh, or four. Yeah. So th- that, that I think that pretty much sums up the you know what Tony does, what I do. We'd love to hear. What y'all do, if y'all have any kind of tailgating traditions, you know, hit us up on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Going to the next phase of this conversation, we have both traveled to a lot of SEC games. Or, I know Tony's been to a couple uh, more national games out <clears> to <throat> the Arizona State. Didn't you go to— I didn't go there until you, know, you, you State, went to Colorado. I went to you Colorado. Went to Boulder. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just give me like your top three overall impressions. We're not going to break down the whole SEC and tailgating, but give me your top three. Like you know, For instance, if it were for me, I'd say right on the bridge— On the Tennessee River near Calhoun's up in Knoxville. That's a great spot that we've been.
0: I love George Florida. Um, The hard part about George Florida, for a lot of people is that it's a mess. Right. Um, If you find a great spot with great people, it is just the most awesome time. Uh, And we're fortunate that we're in a place where it's easy to get to, easy to get in and out of. We tailgate with a, a fairly large group that, that's not... I mean, our tailgate group joins several other tailgate groups, essentially. And and they actually do a jam-up job of just straight-up hospitality. Where do you go? Uh, we're actually right down, uh, really close to the stadium... Not quite under the bridge. There's a couple of like restaurants, and, and but we, we have parking in that area. And then uh, they they take care of the food. Okay, awesome. Uh, they ca- actually catering. So you don't, you don't
1: take your big uh, trailer no, down there? No
0: no, 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 no. We've, we've done that before. I actually haven't been a part of the tailgate crew that's done that. But back 10, 15 years ago, uh, they used to take the trailer down there. And it was... Uh, you know it's hard with the trailer at, right. in Florida because you got to buy two spots. You need to get there early on to make sure you have two spots back to back. Otherwise, you're basically parking a trailer on the side of a road, um, which I'm not against. but you're not against. So I'm still going to place Florida number one just for the scene. Um, I and it just it's I, mean, I grew up in South Georgia. It's close to Jacksonville. Uh, it's just a really neat place. So
1: you're, you're not you're not a fan of the discussion of home and home or you know every no, area.
0: No, no, okay. no. Of course not. Of course not. I think I think Georgia Florida is one of the top, easily top five uh, neutral site rivalry games. I don't see any reason to mess with right. that. I agree. Um, I just I just don't. Right. Um, you know, I've only been to one Tennessee game. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, it was and I was in college. It was the the. Um, the Preston Jones comeback game where he almost brought us back in 1989. Mm. I guess a very good Tennessee team. I don't think it was 16 14 was the final score. And it, I had a great time there. But I'll tell you what, a, a extremely underrated place to go to Lexington, Kentucky. Easy stadium. They're nice to you. They're really nice. It's like how
1: we are to them in basketball. Well, we used to be. Last, last year's yeah, basketball game yeah, was kind of, yeah. kind of crazy. But yeah. but yeah, you're right because I've been up there for that where we went to Keeneland. Yeah. And then did the yeah. races? Unfortunately, it doesn't time out that way anymore. It seems. Which well, like- just
0: depends when the fall meet is at Keeneland and mm-hmm. where the the um, where we get set in the schedule. But even without it, Lexington's a great town. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty to do. You can do the bourbon tours. Um, you know, it's just it's just a neat town. It's such an easy place to get around.
1: What would be your third?
0: Um, I would throw Arkansas and Fayetteville in there. Really? Uh, yeah. Now, now understand, I haven't been I haven't been to Oxford. I haven't been to a night game at LSU, and I haven't been to to Tuscaloosa. Um, and LSU was really hard. It was really an interesting experience for me because it worked out that we, you know, we stayed in New Orleans, which was a lot of fun. Now um, I don't think, about it. yeah, LSU is better. I just talked myself into yeah. it. Um, you know, LSU is a lot of fun. But, you know, we had a great time in Arkansas. It was a it was a fun trip. Um, their tailgating scene there is really weird. I mean, there was. No one out before the game I mean, we went to Doe's Eat place basically opened them up at 11:45 or whatever time they let us in and you know we didn't see many Arkansas people until we started to the stadium and then once you get to the stadium you kind of walk across campus from downtown Fayetteville, and there's the stadium so it's not until' getting seen as much as it's just a fun town yeah. uh, but you know I think it's uh, I think LSU's scene itself uh, far outweighs anything. Anything else I talked about other than George, Florida, and of course our home, uh, and LSU does it differently than we do. I mean, they, you, there's plenty of room around their stadium, a lot more room around their stadium. Uh,
1: Not as restrictive.
0: And either that or LSU fans just don't care. They don't care. They just care less yeah. They just thought, "That's cute." You think your rules keep me in the L, the other. The other thing about LSU is that you know there's a running kind of like joke about mm-hmm. LSU. It's mm-hmm. like you know either get welcomed in or get get threatened to get. Get your tail kicked. And both can happen. Right, right. <laughs> um, and it's not it's almost funny. You have to you have to understand, kind of like, okay, how serious is this? And how serious is the other one? <laughs> and we walked past a couple tailgates and of course had to, you know, we had one guy threatened to 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 you know, uh, it's some there's some comments like tiger bait. Uh like oh, okay like tiger bait and then guy's say, like, hey come on try my gumbo try my gumbo <laughs> so I'm like I'm, just like I'm really really suffering from whiplash I'm gonna need a minute um, but you know it's a, it is a fun scene but Tennessee is um, I probably won't go back to Tennessee unless I can afford to stay downtown and not have to drive into yeah, the town from
1: Sevierville right
0: or something. right uh, I get in on Friday night leave Sunday morning it's just not it's not worth trying to make the, the track uh, the, the, the track from out of town, into town, and back out of town. It's just not worth it. Because right. Tennessee, Knoxville for a city the size it is, it is in way worse shape than Athens dealing with a crowd. Right. It just is. Right. And, and part of it has to do with the fact that it's a bigger city and it has fewer roads and mountains to deal with. Right. But it's just they do a lot worse job.
1: It's kind of like traveling through Gainesville, Georgia. If that lake gets in the way. There's only a yeah. certain yeah, I guess traffic that's, is just gnarly at times. I didn't think about, so, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you got so. the mountains there. I don't know. So what are yours? Well, I I tell you where I don't like. I've been to Columbia. South Carolina? Yeah. What is it about South Carolina fans?
0: Um the, he, here's the thing, here's the problem I have with South Carolina fans. One, you know, and I don't I don't I'm not taking anything now, away they've and, accomplished and in the past. Is this three years. is
1: this could this be said for any SEC fan?
0: I'm fine with an Alabama fan acting this way because you know what they've,
1: got they've like earned titles. it.
0: They've earned it. Yeah. Although they're not, they're not that. Alabama fans are like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> roll tide. <laughs> they're not, you know, uh, whatever it is go, Cox. I'm gonna kick your, you know, yeah. I don't know. There's just something about. So are
1: they the number one in your in your book of annoyance factor, or is it Auburn or what?
0: Oh, it's Florida. It's Florida. Florida fans. Oh, Florida fans are worse. Um, South Carolina fans are like Florida fans, but we've had a real rivalry with them, one, and two, when they're not winning, they're they're, they're pretty good about stepping back. Yeah. Uh we saw that last year. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of really like I mean, this is after they beat us. There were a li- really a lot of Florida fans walking around going like how did we do that? We we just we just won that game. Yeah. So as far as you know, fan bases go, Florida. Could not even close. Uh and then and Auburn's probably second. And I have a sister in law who's an Auburn fan. Uh, it's a mixed marriage. I can't talk about it. Uh, we're just the polite thing to do is not bring it up at family functions. Right. Um, but the you know South Carolina is from a pure haven't accomplished anything. And yes, I know. Please tweet me. Yeah, we kicked your tail. Uh. Yeah, I know that. I'm just talking about over the history. When right. when you win your second ACC title, give me a call. The fact of the matter is, is that it's a. Um, it's a fan base that, that so desperately wants to be there that they think their way of getting there. It's almost like it's almost like nouveau rich, and they've done it with credit cards. Yeah. Um, it's just really gaudy, and that stadium is just there is no easy way in and out of that that site. There's no place to tailgate there.
1: And then that music they play that gets the crowd ramped up. the yeah. You know what? Nineteen, circa nineteen ninety eight. know, Dance hall music.
0: Yeah. yeah. I sound like an old man. Well, I went. I went three years ago for the for the debacle game. Yeah. Um, the only good thing to come out of Columbia is I twenty, but uh, <laughs> the you know the the debacle game. Uh, you know, we pulled up and we had this tailgate spot. Uh, mm-hmm. Using I'm, I'm using air quotes. Air quotes um, is like we backed up to the back of a rundown warehouse that looked like it was the back lot for the Mad Max movies, mm-hmm. like literally. Mm-hmm. And the people I was with who go religiously to, to, to nearly every game. They're like, wow, this is the nicest toegate spot we've ever had. And I was like, you got to be kidding me? It was like, you know, we walked through, you know, we to get to the stadium, we had to walk through what looked like t- was going to turn into Electronica Club that night. You know, yeah. I fully totally expect to come back through and they're, thunk, 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 thunk. I mean, it was just, it was, there was nothing at all redeeming about the area around their stadium. Um, and, and to be perfectly honest, if I'm a football recruit I go there and I see their stadium and where it is. I really have to question my decision-making if I end up there. I'll just be honest about that.
1: All right, so... We're going, to take a, we're going to take a little bit of a left turn here. I'm going to, we're going to do a little bit more rapid fire. Tony has no idea what I have written down. Uh, is there anything else you want to say?
0: No, I'm, no? I'm excited. Okay, let's, let's hear this. All right, so Tony has... To be, to be fair, to be fair, Scott, Scott asked me if I want to do this. And I, was like, I got some stuff to show you, and I got some other stuff I was going to ask him about. Like, Can I say, he's like, no, 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 I want this to be organic. I'm like, right, oh, boy. Right, definitely
1: organic. Okay. So I'm going to be flipping my pages. The first thing, in this, maybe it's just me, but you know what fascinates me? is the, and I think I used this word last week, the proliferation of alternate uniforms, helmets, jerseys. It has gone from like, oh, that's nice, to I don't even recognize this team that that's playing on my TV right now. I mean, so what are your thoughts? You know, because Georgia fans will just wring their hands, you know, and gnash their teeth about a, what really is a good-looking jersey and the black jerseys that they brought out in 2007 against Auburn, which was a magical experience. It's, pretty much my favorite all-time Georgia home game to be a part of but then it felt like it backfired or betrayed us in 2008 when we were down like 30 to nothing at halftime against Alabama it's just a jersey and then all these other schools have like 31 combination yeah. schools not named Oregon
0: yeah um you know i'm going to put aside the argument that it's for recruiting the, yeah, the kids like it um because i can't i can't argue with that maybe they do like it you know, I said last week I think we should go back to the old system of, you know, the free-for-all bowls and three national champions who get voted on. Right. I mean, that was that's the college football that I loved. Um, so I think it's easy enough for me to say that uh, on the record, I'm not a fan of of alternate uniforms, particularly for Georgia. I mean, I, you know, I think, I think we should wear red. I think we should wear white on the road. Um, if you really want to mix it up, throw in some red pants here and yeah. there on the road, but that's that's about as far as I want to go. Now, I'm not somebody going to get I'm not going to get epileptic over uh black jerseys or black pants or black helmets. I just that doesn't matter to me, but I'll probably never wear Nike again if we wear the the uniforms we wore against Boise State. That was just terrible. It was and, and it has nothing to do with the game. The pro combat. The pro combat, that was just it was such an ugly look. Yeah. It really was. I felt like I was watching a live version of um of EA Sports. I really did.
1: I've got an Aaron Murray jersey and yeah. from that
0: Pro Combat. Yeah, yeah. I mean just- and
1: I'll hold it up and be like, "Wait,
0: oh, oh yeah, uh, Georgia jersey. Yeah,
1: yeah that's what yeah. that is." Um, so what I'm going to do now is I've got this, can you see my screen?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: This is an article from 247sports.com and it's basically talking about the 2015 uniform changes of some Power 5 schools. So I just wanted to quickly scroll through this and you know, you give me a quick 10 word observation on what you think, yeah. So, the first one we have here is uh, UNC North Carolina. Basically, they're gonna have the Argyle look that they, you know, yeah, taken that's, from the, that's fine. I, I mean, think it's that's just good, it's
0: just piping around the neck of the jersey, right. I guess on the arms. And they've already
1: been doing their zero black third or zero dark Thursday, yeah. Know, they did a couple yeah. where they have where all black uniforms and you know what? They look pretty good. Um, yeah. they're not changing too much up and everything,
0: yeah. North Carolina, South Carolina in what eight days now, mm-hmm.
1: so I wonder. And they're gonna be in Chapel Hill. I wonder if they're gonna pull, no, up, they'll pull.
0: be in Charlotte. Oh, they'll be at Charlotte. They'll be home with the bulk Bowl. I think they've renamed that Nick Trump Stadium. I think. I think. I, I have to look on the internet right. later.
1: So here's here's one that really kind of threw me because you know you think of the SEC as the bastion of tradition, right? And one of those teams would be Georgia. One of those teams would be Alabama. You know, give Auburn credit; they haven't really yeah. messed with theirs because you know you would think yeah. with malls on down there, they'd be yeah. throwing out all kinds of uh, different kind of uniform combinations. Um, and then you got Tennessee. And a couple of years ago, they did the whole, what? Smoky gray. gray. Or, they, yeah. they wore yeah. those against Georgia, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. They did. Is that pig uh, Howard's fumble through the end zone?
0: Uh, yes. Yes, it was. That was two years ago up there. Yeah. So here's what
1: Tennessee has in mind. Take a look at this. Describe what you see to the the audience.
0: Is that? Yeah, I guess they, the helmets look like they have mountains on them for the... They've
1: got the smoky mountains represented on the helmets. Is that for the smoky gray? Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and they've got black helmets.
0: Yeah, they got. They got and that, again, that's for the. But they also have the checkerboard, uh, the I, the hobnail boot checkerboard uh, on the, their helmets, which I guess so, is kind of cool. I think again, looks, that's fine.
1: I think it looks fine.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Smoky Mountains on the on the gray helmets. Um, it's just a little, so. How
1: do you feel about the fact that Tennessee, Peyton Manning, you know all this tradition, Phil Fulmer. That's about all I can name. Um, they all they've they've only worn the the White helmets, and now they've got this black one. I mean, is yeah, that, I think
0: I think Gerald Bob Nalen would be not happy, right, Like it, but right. you know, hey, I don't I don't talk to him often.
1: That is cool how they did the checkerboard, yeah, the back that's, that. that's that's kind of neat. Um, I don't know, TCU, I mean, that this is pretty awful. Um, they, they've been known tragically
0: bad, really. Uh, the one on the the one on the right, and what we're looking at is we're looking at their gray, How uh, however the frog skin look, yeah. Uh, do they have frog skin on the white? I can't really tell, and then the frog skin on the purple is just it's awful. It looks like, I mean. I think those. That's the same. Those, you know, those uh, zoom. I was just zoom about, pants Zumba, Dan Zumba, Marino Zumbas, used to wear Zumba pants or whatever they called them. Yeah, yeah. The I was called the MC Hammer pants.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Dan Marino wore them back in the day. Yeah, Marino wore
0: them. Yeah. yeah, I think they're called Zumbas. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it looks like to me.
1: So Miami this year is going to. They're an Adidas school now. Oh, oh okay. And consequently, um, Tennessee has switched from an Adidas to Nike, Nike. school. Nike. Okay. So um, Miami, this is. Um, it's got some feathering and I don't know some script on their.
0: I mean, I mean, no one's going to be at the games watching it, so what's the matter?
1: Okay, end of story. Here's something interesting. Colorado has added a new color to their—aren't they black and gold? They're black and gold. Yeah, so now they're— now With they're white, s-
0: with white road. Yeah, I guess yeah. they're going
1: to do gray. No, they're doing silver now. Silver, okay. Yeah. Wow. So they've added a color.
0: They're kind of like Georgia Tech. they have five or six colors. Right,
1: right. Um, here's, here's one that I think looks really good, and this is a Big Ten school, so it yeah. they can do whatever they want. But this is Michigan State, and they've added a Spartan shield-colored helmet. Um, kind of a bronze. Yeah, that's kind of neat. That, that's cute for the Big Ten. Yeah, it's all Are right. they in the north, east, west? South? What are they in? The legends?
0: Or the leaders? Hmm.
1: I don't even know. We'd, we'd have, if Will were here... He would know. He would definitely yes. know. Um, Wake Forest, I'm not even going to worry about them. They can do whatever they want. Is Jim Groves yeah. still there?
0: I have no idea who's the coach there. <laughs> but I'm not uh, I'm not a fan of the what they did on the sleeve, so... No. Um, I guess it's supposed to be W's or just... Um, Patterns on the sleeves. But it's Wake Forest. It's still Wake Forest.
1: Um, UCLA. They've done some funky things in the past. I don't know why they're even on this because it looks kind of like UCLA to me. You know, the traditional UCLA. They've yeah, and just
0: and just to describe what a lot of places are doing, particularly with these Adidas schools. Is they're they're working the names UCLA, the town names, and like words like tradition and football and don't fumble or something. I can't tell <laughs> uh, into the. Into the I guess wording that that kind of makes up the pattern on their jerseys. So, right. and, um, then, Purdue. and then there's Purdue,
1: and they have a um, railroad track instead of a stripe on their helmet. Ah, okay, I can buy that. It's Purdue,
0: yeah. Um, here you go. Yeah, and then of course Louisville again. Um, this is this is the worst
1: uniform I've ever seen. Yeah, and I can't wait for them to wear it because it is. Oh, is that their helmet? That's their helmet.
0: They, is are they sponsored by Angry Birds? Oh, this is tragic.
1: What would Will... I mean, Will's a fan of the Cardinals. Has a Cardinal ever looked that that menacing? I don't think he's
0: a fan of those Cardinals.
1: No, I know. I know, but he, you know, he's a fan of the I mean, that
0: music. is... I, I would say that is one bad ba- one bad Cardinal. That's just tragically I mean, bad. Don't, don't
1: Cardinals eat birdseed?
0: They don't attack um, people, do they? No, I don't think... Put it this way, Alfred Hitchcock didn't cast Cardinals in, in his movies. You're so. going to
1: need to tweet this helmet out, because that is the worst...
0: Hand me my phone. I'm going to take a picture. I got to take it. I live My My phone, not mine. I'm a, we're gonna live tweet this. I just, <laughs> as much as you can live tweet. Yeah, let me uh, click on the picture or something. No, I got it. it's, fine. Got it's it. my yeah. I know you make fun of my phone, but it actually zooms. This is just really bad. Lord have mercy. All That's right, just so, really bad. So
1: I, I really just wanted to get to that. You know, then you got Nebraska, Virginia Tech, and Baylor. Big deal. Yeah. Overall take on the uniforms. We spent way too long on uniforms. Let me ask you this. So Taking a left turn. We've already established how the Louisiana Monroe games kick off at noon. South Carolina is at six, and you were talking earlier about potential game times. Just in ten words or less, or you know, just a couple sentences or less, what's the ideal kickoff for a Georgia home game?
0: Depends on the time of year. I hate to punt that question. Uh, early six o'clock, I like those six o'clock kickoffs. You know, as early as four thirty, I guess is fine. Later in the season, I like the three thirty games. Yep. Uh, especially if there's a really good night game to be on. And of course, I like the night games any time of the year, uh, but I'm I'm past. I'm past you know worrying about whether whether or not we play those those night games from a tailgate perspective. A seven thirty kickoff is hard because you go all day, you work all day, you're out there all day. Uh, particularly me getting there at seven o'clock in the morning, right? Um, and then you know you have a seven thirty kickoff, which means you are not out of the stadium until eleven thirty, which means you're not moving in traffic until twelve thirty. And I live even you know even in traffic, I live thirty five minutes from the stadium, so that means I'm getting to bed at one o'clock. That I mean, that really means at that point I'm pulling um, a 19-hour day. A 19-hour day where I've I've sat, I've yelled, I've eaten a lot, I've had other things that have put, been put into my body, um, I've entertained <laughs> a bunch of people because if it's that game, it's usually going to be a pretty big, a pretty big game. Why? Why? Why didn't mean to apply something? Like just other things. Look at. It. Okay, I had a couple of drinks. I had a little drink. But at that point, you know, at that point, 19 hours, I'm just done. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really gone. I'm really done the next day. Yeah. The next day i got to clean out the trailer. i got to clean out coolers. It's just, it's a
1: lot. You're a lot more self-disciplined than I am. It's a lot. I, I leave the cooler for like five days and then.
0: Yeah, yeah, but then you have to get a new cooler because yeah, it's, yeah, that's right. you, yeah Louis Pasteur is like, I ain't touching that. That's right.
1: All right. So this year there's changes on college game day. Reese Davis is moving in for Chris Fowler. What yeah. do you think?
0: I think it's a good move. Uh, it's, kind of, it's
1: kind of the same guy. It's yeah. I think I'm it, gonna. I think I'm gonna miss Reese in the studio.
0: I, I like the changes. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the dynamic. Uh, uh, but it's not. I don't think it's a bad change.
1: Right. Another change that's happening is uh, Pin Wagers has retired. What are your thoughts on Pin Wagers? And, uh, and just in case you don't know, he was uh, one of the most uh, vilified, interesting, interesting SEC refs of all time, and oh, I, was the ref for the. 2007 Georgia Florida game.
0: Yes, yes. And has seemingly have been interested in throwing penalties against Georgia in every since. Uh, personal, personal. Fouls. So, do you
1: have any, Do, you, do you, would you like to say something? Like, if Penn were listening, what would you say to Penn? Well,
0: I, I would say uh, one happy, happy retirement. Uh, I can't think of a guy that's deserved to 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 be out of the game more. I, I realize Radio Shack has gone out of business, so right, you and Rogers Redding can't go into business together. But uh I wish you the best of luck until they make you head of refs for the NCAA. Because
1: that will happen.
0: Well of course it's gonna happen. I think you know Penn that's the funny thing Pimp Wagers, I think it's a lawyer in maybe Jackson, Mississippi. It's like enormously successful. Like Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It looks and, like it works out too. And apparently it's just like the funniest guy. I don't buy it. Uh, I'll tell you who's very excited about Pen Wagers is retired. It's my wife. Yeah. I mean, my wife. She got
1: tired of you yelling at Pen no, Wagers.
0: she hates Pen Wagers. Oh. She hates Pen w- I mean, like, she has very definite views on Pen Wagers. Extremely definite.
1: I don't know why I wrote this down, but live mascots, you know, George's got the famous, most famous live mascots. Um, no, according
0: to Roger Sherman. Did you? Oh. I posted some on the blog, uh, or maybe. Uh, I tweeted today as part of SB Nation's uh, big college fo- football preview. Roger Sherman, who is actually a really funny guy, ranked all 25 dog mascots in college football. There's 25? There's 25. Of them? Not bulldogs, just all dogs. Uh and Can you name them? No, <laughs> I read the article today. So basically, he ranked all of them. Mm-hmm. Is like, I put a glass just to see. Uh, oh, yeah. just see why what what would happen with Georgia fans when they see their beloved floppy ear mascot last. So oh I thought was that's a really high level troll.
1: Well I thought I thought he would have, I thought he you were gonna tell me it's because Russ has been filling in for the past couple of years.
0: No, Russ hasn't been filling in. Russ is a bona fide Ugga. Bona fide. He has his own Ugga lineage. My
1: kid's called Russ.
0: Well, I, you know what? He's Russ all of us. Yeah.
1: I heard the new one's gonna be called Q. Q. With a Q-U-E. Yeah, Q U E. Yeah, like barbecue. Yeah. You've been to a lot of stadiums across the country. What is the best, besides Sanford, what is the best stadium to watch a game? No matter what happened, really, where you sat there and looked around and you're like, this is, this looks really good. LSU. Where um, you kind of take it all in.
0: Yeah, the sight lines are great. The uh, The fans are great. I mean, Tennessee is an imposing stadium. I mean, but
1: but they say it holds like, about 108, and it really probably holds about 90.
0: Yeah, I don't they know why they hold, seats. but they squeeze those seats. Uh, it could be where I was sitting. I was sitting. I had student tickets way down low. Uh, In Tennessee, all, yeah, Tennessee. I, I, I like. I was like right beside the band, way low. I mean, so, um, you know, those those both are pretty pretty good places to watch watch college football.
1: You know, on a side note, and I'm not a fan of Auburn. Uh-huh. My, my wife, being from Southwest Georgia, she can't stand Auburn. But and I know you. I asked you your favorite state, but to me. Auburn is the loudest stadium I've been in. Maybe it's just what, what transpired. I mean, I was there when we won the SEC East back in two thousand two, and then I was oh, yeah. there in one of the overtimes that we lost. And yeah,
0: the thing about Auburn is that Auburn is such a it's such a pretty campus. It really is. Yeah. It's such a pretty place to go. It's I mean, it's relatively easy to get in and out of the stadium. It's not easy to get out of Auburn, nope. but once you, once you get away from town, traffic moves. But that stadium is hard to navigate inside. Once you get inside, that, that same is hard to get around in.
1: They put us. My tickets were like on the first or second row. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, you can't see yeah. much of yeah. anything, and maybe that's why it was so deafening yeah. in there. I don't know. Yeah. All right, so the reason why this popped in my head was because I saw him at dinner yesterday i uh-huh. didn't say anything to him i don't want to bug him he's with his kids and hey i was with my kids i don't want to you know. yeah um scott howard i saw oh, him at dinner yeah i really enjoy i know he, he caught some flack when he first started but yeah. i mean who else is going to do it it's like the following the legend yeah but i really enjoy one thing i like what scott howard does he puts his calls on soundcloud which yeah. is what, yeah. what we also put our podcast on and i if, if a big play happens i'm sitting there thinking like oh i can't wait till he puts this on soundcloud so what i'm doing is i'm saying one Scott Howard's good. I think Eric Zier does a really good job at color. Let's hypothetically say Scott Howard put his retirement in for this year and said next year or this year's going to be my last. Who would you say would be a really good next voice of the Georgia Bulldog? Hypothetically, we like Scott Howard, but.
0: Oh, wow. I don't know. You know, I don't know that Zaire is ready to do play-by-play. Um, it could well be like what Georgia Tech did, and just went outside the family and found, you know, a bright. I think they got the guy from Georgia Southern. Actually, I mean, I think a lot of people would like to see Jeff Dancer get it. Um, I like Jeff personally. I just don't. I don't think his play-by-play style would that that you hear in basketball and baseball necessarily works for football, uh, particularly as it relates to painting the kind of picture you want. Um, I heard
1: Chip uh, Carey's
0: name. Uh, Chip Carey, I guess. I mean, he has gotten some he has gotten some uh, experience. I think Chip's still more of a baseball guy in my mind. But again, I mean, no, like most, Will. Yeah, right? Right. Like Will. But I mean, but but Jeff and Jeff and Chip are both, you know, enormously knowledgeable uh, fo- college football uh, fans and could actually do the job well. I just think I, I just have to think that's one of those things that we would go outside at least look outside the family and see who would be interested? Because Georgia kind of has this history around this football program of bringing in guys that are going to be here a really long time. In my lifetime, we've had four football coaches. Right? I'm 47. Yeah. Uh, and two of those, uh, two of those coaches have been 15 and 20, or 19, 15 and 19 years of my life. So, of those 47 years, we we try to do things for the long term in our football program. The same with Munson. I mean, I think the idea behind Scott Howard is that Scott Howard is going to do what Larry Munson did. I mean, he is going to retire out of that seat. Mm -hmm. Uh, As well he should, as well. just a fine job. Well, it's not just a fine job. He does a really good job. He's a great Georgia guy. I mean, he he is just top
1: Notch. And you know what? Sitting behind a microphone, when I know I can record, I can edit it, I can add something back, and this and that. The thought of doing
0: of the magnitude, of of that
1: it would, I, it takes a special person.
0: Yeah, and not not just. Here's here's the thing that Scott Howard's really good at, that Larry Munson was good at. Larry Munson and Scott Howard both are really good about one not getting caught up in the moment. And two, making sure that they make it about what's happening on the field and with and, and from the perspective of if I were sitting here describing to a to a fan who is watching exactly the same thing I'm watching, because I want the person at home to feel what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not about it's not about them. It's mm-hmm. about what the fan should be experiencing. So I think that's a that's something that we're really lucky that we have because there are a lot of guys out there that call football. It's not like that. It's it's about, you know, I can't believe what I just saw or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you think about the one and done or Hobnell Boot or um, all those calls. Well, it's, it's not about them. It's about what they're feeling.
1: Right. And, and you know, the thing that stuck out to me was what I mentioned earlier in this podcast, the Justin Scott Wesley catch against South Carolina two years ago where Scott Howard is, all, you almost feel him running with him. Like yeah. he says, there goes that sprinter speed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, just brings chills to you almost. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, in, in last year's uh, Gurley uh, call on his um, sprint to the end zone, what when he all took the kick,
0: kick, return. The yeah. kick return. Yeah, yeah.
1: so, um, all right, so I've got one more question, and we've got Notre Dame on our schedule in a couple of years. Yes. And then they're going to return it, we're going up there in 17, they're going to return it in 19? That sounds right. Okay, so what are one to two, maybe three schools that you would like to see put on our schedule that would be realistic, not just some pipe dream, that would actually return the game, not at some neutral field, to come to Sanford Stadium and then for us to go there? Because I would really Um, like to see that, you know, in the next 15, 20 years.
0: I'd love to play Southern Cal. Um, I'd love to see one of the big, Big Ten schools, not necessarily Ohio State. Uh, Illinois. (laughs) Yeah, that's Illinois, absolutely. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Um, The hard thing with those Big Ten schools is – we stand a chance of playing them in any bowl game.
1: Yeah. Um, so maybe pick a different conference, like Big 12. We never get
0: started. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. I don't want to go back to Stillwater, although I had a good time there. Um, you know, Texas or, yeah. or, or or Oklahoma would be fun. Yeah. Um, what about like
1: a Florida State yeah. a regional? <sighs> that, that's just never going to happen. Well,
0: I mean, I, I think we should play Clemson more. I mean, it's my personal opinion. Right. But you asked me for somebody we haven't played. So, uh, you know, we got North Carolina next year, right, or two years. Well, yeah. No, next year. We up in the season with them next year they don't I'm pretty sure um, yep you're right so you know I, I like North Carolina Kenan Stadium's a used to be a beautiful place to watch college football of course that's not home and home that's a one off but so you know those, I think Southern Cal Texas Oklahoma would be interesting to me Michigan would be would be I think interesting for return trip I mean I'm really looking at places I'd like to go watch watch a game um,
1: and and we're really lucky that we've got we get to go to South Bend
0: yeah I'm, I'm already making plans literally you're,
1: you're gonna drive right
0: yeah, I'm driving. Well, of course I'm. You can't you can't take the tailgates off on a plane. Um, no, my my wife's family is from Indiana, um, and actually my son's godfather is is a Notre Dame Brad, So I've already started making plans. For... I know you can
1: drive it in one long day. We drove this spring break from Chicago to Knoxville in one day.
0: We, yeah, when, you know, yeah. It's... it's a it's a it is a strong fourteen hour drive from mm-hmm. to to South Bend. It's easy drive. Yeah, but it's just long. Yeah. Uh, well, the last two hours is not easy because once no, you don't... get out of Indianapolis, it's. Especially back roads and and those are the back roads that no one takes care of because it snows there about seven months a year. So. Right, right. So
1: you got uh, a Big Ten school like Michigan, Michigan State, USC, yeah, I think so. Texas. I think yeah. Texas, Texas I mean, or Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, I admire, I admire ten. You know, did schedule. you know that George has never played Oklahoma ever? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, In football. Yeah, I read that the other day. I could not believe it. Yeah. I, I admire Tennessee scheduling. They have Oklahoma. Yeah. They played them last year. Uh, I was in U, in Los Angeles for work back when Tennessee played UCLA. That would have been like 08. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I admire that. I, I think it's good for your brand when you go out. And I think the college football playoff is really going to force schools to look at that. And I think the, the downside for those smaller schools is that you're going to see fewer payoff games uh, than you would have been seeing recently. Right. Uh, because – Schools that want to be in the playoff have to be very aware of their profile. Now, schools that are looking for that guaranteed sixth win, seventh win, so they they get a bowl, Mm -hmm. I don't think the opportunities will will go away there. But programs like Alabama or Auburn or Georgia or even Tennessee in the future, uh, Florida, uh, Texas, uh, Southern Cal, although Southern Cal UCLA rarely play those kind of games anyway. Um, I think you're going to see those opportunities go away because they – They play nine. Pac-12 plays nine conference games. Yeah, they play nine nine conference games already. Uh, And I think the SEC will eventually. I think we will.
1: Well, you know, and that would be good because that way it won't. I'm not going to be in my 50s the next time LSU comes to Sanford Stadium. Maybe they'll come around (laughs) a whole lot quicker. Um, So I think that uh, kind of sums up a lot of what we've talked about. Now, what are we going to do about Will's not here? He hasn't sent us anything yet. Do you think he's recording his minute of Illinois talk right now while he's out of town? Or what do you think we're even going to hear from him? Or should we do something like the Screaming Goat? (laughs) Do
0: you no, have anything in mind? No, I, I don't have anything in mind. I do think... Can uh, you do the 60-second Illinois? No, well, I think the only thing I'll say about Illinois is I agree with everything he said. Uh, I think Tim Beckman gets seven wins, looking at their schedule. Um, I have talked to some some very knowledgeable Illinois fans that internally he is not in as much trouble as, uh, as the media lets him, puts him out to be unless another thing breaks uh, or something in this investigation yields like real tangible evidence like him on video hitting a kid Mm -hmm. Um, so you know know, we didn't talk we didn't we didn't talk about Steve Sarkeesian at all but uh, uh, I I will just I will I I will close I will close with this what grown man drinks fireball at a work event boom I've dropped the mic I'm out
1: (laughs) why don't you say what we're gonna we're gonna cover next week
0: oh yeah so next week Scott (laughs) what, what what are we doing next week Scott so next week is that We're game talking week? about football next week, Scott. Next week's game real week. actual football. Louisiana Monroe, the Warhawks visit Sanford Stadium. And I guess
1: what we'll do is like a lot of sports talk shows is how they make their pick'ems, you know, maybe five or six games.
0: Yeah, so week. yeah, that's a good point. We we do have a um, we do have a uh waiting since last Saturday podcast pick'em out at Fun Office Pools. You can find that. Uh, I just retweeted it a can few minutes. Can you get minutes. the website? Um, I can't off the top of my head, okay. but I did. I did tweet it from uh, Tyler Dogden a little bit ago. I'll repost it to the Georgia Sports Blog uh, one day later this week. And what will uh, be the
1: deadline to get in?
0: Uh, Kickoff for the South Carolina North Carolina game. Uh, we're gonna. Ha- our plan is to have all the relevant SEC games. Uh, probably even we'll throw uh, Cupcake Saturday in there. And we're
1: gonna have a little Illinois- every. Yeah, Illinois. well,
0: Illinois, clearly Illinois, and I'll probably throw in several games of national interest. Um, so you have to think. Uh, well, I guess not Texas A&M is the SEC, but uh, that first weekend, I can't think of. Me, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Alabama, Wisconsin. Alabama, Wisconsin, Louisville, Auburn, Texas A&M, Arizona State. Texas plays somebody's t- somebody too. Virginia? Texas Notre Dame. Oh, that right. that'll be a one. Virginia
1: plays UCLA. Uh,
0: Virginia Tech plays Ohio State. Okay, there we go. Uh, Virginia plays UCLA. So those games will be on there too. Um, but uh, take a. But we'll. My guess is what we'll do is we'll we'll spend a fair amount of time talking about our upcoming opponent with UL Monroe, which probably will have a lot of Warhawks. Um, but then we'll go with uh, we'll we'll go into national games of interest. We'll review what's happening with the a- SEC. Is it going to
1: be like a Leonard's Loser type thing, or is? Just oh, I do don't it? think
0: we can replicate that. That seems that seems awfully ambitious for I us. Wish we had
1: some old. Maybe we could find on the interwebs some. Auburn. Oh, I could do Leonard's.
0: Leonard's Losers. Auburn and a close one. How <laughs> that's what bad was. it. That's really good. I spent a lot of time on Saturday mornings listening to Leonard's so Losers. So
1: do do a Leonard's Losers for Louisville <laughs> Auburn. All right. All right, here we go.
0: Bobby Petrino's Angry Birds come to Atlanta to take on Gus Malzon's Flying Tigers from Auburn. Now, the Auburn Tigers have quarterback questions with new Jeremy Johnson. Is that his name? Jeremy yeah. Johnson. Okay. Jeremy Johnson coming in, but their defense looks tough. However, Petrino's offense combined with Grantham's tenacious defense, Lennon's loses, loses. Auburn. You know, he used to he actually used to work. Um he had a place up on Commerce Highway, right there on the right, uh, right before you got to the, the Waffle House, it's now the Dog Place or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he used to see a sign, Leonard's Losers. I used to go by this, like that's the craziest thing. I knew a guy that ran. Do you remember? Uh, There's no such thing as a free lunch. The coupon magazine. Mm-hmm. He, a friend of mine, ran that, and it was in the same building as Leonard's. Losers. He see mm-hmm. I'd see Leonard Potosis just walking around. I was really? like, I was like, what's he like? So I was afraid to talk to him. <laughs> Leonard's Losers. Auburn. <laughs> that but feels he, good to say. He, he always
1: he always did it by certain. He gave the loser and the points.
0: Oh, did he? Sally, so, that I points that make sense to me when I was was seven. Yeah. So. No, that's so you think you think Louisville's going to beat Auburn? In the I have job? no idea. I, I hadn't thought about it. Although I, I think it's possible. Uh, Louisville's going to be a good football team. Um, the the real question is how good they're.
1: If you get Auburn, you got to get them early with Jeremy Johnson starting and.
0: I don't know remember, Auburn, remember
1: Wazoo almost beat them a couple of years ago and then Utah State went down to the Plains yeah, oh and I remember them.
0: that yeah I don't I, I mean Auburn to me is one of those teams that's really a question mark I just think it's one I mean, question mark did you see
1: did you see this you, you posted us on um, your Twitter feed where everybody in CBS well all but like two guys picked pick Auburn.
0: Auburn Yeah, yeah
1: and everybody picked Georgia yeah
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had the feeling there's a lot of picking of Auburn the same way some people pick Tennessee It's that they just think if it's not that they think Auburn's gonna be that much better than Alabama, they just look at it and say, Well, if there's a year to not pick Alabama it's this year, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't buy that reasoning. Their defense is going to be pretty good. I think they're banking a lot on Jeremy Johnson being a better, a lot better quarterback than Nick Marshall was at throwing the football and just as good at running it. And that's just not the case.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I think he's better at throwing the football, yeah. Um, and that actually helps Malzon's offense out a lot. Um, but, but Nick
1: Marshall he, was just uh, so dynamic, right? He was a perfect fit. for the, Right. And for they were the still 8-5
0: last year. Yeah. So let's not forget that if you're talking about them winning the SEC West, are they seriously three-plus games better than they were last year? I don't see it. I just don't.
1: And you know Muschamp coached that bowl game.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I think the other thing is a lot of people think, will Muschamp equals great defense? And – they will be really, really good again. I'm just not buying his this year. That's all.
1: Trey Matthews is going to start?
0: Oh, I have to think so. Yeah. I mean, how yeah, how do you not start? He's absolutely one of the best pe- pass tippers that ever played there. You have to start him. All right. I'm sorry, That's I went good. to my dark place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like it. All right, so... um so yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably do this again, like in a more formal setting. But that'll do it for us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. We do have an Instagram feed that I sometimes update, but I haven't in a while. But it's the same handle, WSLS Podcast. And I um,
0: follow that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we have three followers on Instagram. Are you on Instagram? I am. Oh wow, I haven't. I haven't discovered that. I'm a, I have three Instagram handles, but we'll get. That's another story for another day. And so now this goes out to all of you Illinois fans out there who have been waiting patiently throughout about an hour's worth of commentary on George Bulldogs and the SEC. Will has sent Tony and me his 60 seconds of Illinois. So without further ado, here's Will.
2: Hello, waiting since last Saturday, listeners. Will Leach here. You've, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm sure you've enjoyed it a lot more than you usually do because I am not here. Here are my 60 seconds of Illinois football before I return next week. There is a man named Robert. You can find him on Twitter at a A-Lion-Eye, A-L-I-O-N-E-Y-E. He runs a site called a He is obsessed with Illinois football in the way that everyone around here is obsessed with Georgia football. But he is so obsessed that every year, <clears throat> he writes a 20,000 word preview of each individual Illini football season. 20,000 words. He wrote 1,200 words on the Illini punting situation. You can go to IlliniBoard.com and see this. It costs $5 or it's a tip jar. You can pay less than that if you want to help out the sad soul that writes 20,000 words previewing the Illinois football team. He is insane and he is beautiful. We'll be back next week to preview Kent State. You're going down, Golden Flashes. Thanks, Will.
1: That's our show for this week. Make sure to stop by iTunes where you can subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. You can also follow Wait and Since Last Saturday on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Tune in next week. Why? Because it's game week. No more preseason talk. Will, Tony, and I will be providing analysis on what Georgia needs to do in order to quickly vanquish the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe. We'll take a look around the SEC and some other notable games of the week. And our WSLS podcast Pick'em Contest will be revealed. All exciting stuff. Thanks for listening, and until next time, we'll be counting down the days to kick off with you. See you on campus.